That you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions On top of all the trends Or have you ever worried You were too much in the mainstream Always so generic More normal than your friends Well we've devised a test of to rest your peers There's no need to panic If you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy After all that you've heard Cause if you like the show Then you're probably a nerd And welcome to the It's Canon Podcast. That's right. You are not hearing things. I'm back. As always. Bah, 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 bah. You completely threw me off. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to, I was trying to hype you. <laughs> That's alright. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Boris. And this week, I am joined by the one, the only, Phil. Hi. <laughs> and Tyler. Hey, yo. We're going to power through, guys. That's right. This week, it's a long weekend up here in the Great White North. It is fake Thanksgiving, as I like to call it. We yeah. have a lot of things that we're thankful for. Myself, for one. I'm thankful for you, too, Boris. That's right. At least someone is. He's not yeah. dead, folks. I am not. We told dead. you we didn't kill him. Yet. Look. Didn't say we weren't trying. <laughs> Maybe that's this fucking cough I have right now. It's yeah. not the hangover. Sure. That might be. <laughs> oh, that's some dead air for the episode. All right, guys. What up? This is the worst fucking intro ever. Hey, come on. We're yes. back. You know what? We had a break. We missed Boris. We we found him at the bottom of the ocean. We pulled him up. He had a lot of gas, but he's back. Barely. Only half of me. I'm about 60% right now. Jeez. I, I would have thought by reading your chat this morning, I, I would have thought 30%. But. Fuck. Whew. About an hour ago, I was like 40%. Well, we're making progress then. By the end of the podcast, you might be at 80%. Maybe. Then that, now we're pushing. Yeah, man. All right. Well, that's... we're going to turn crash. You're going to be like, nope, losing it. It's going down. <laughs> Pretty much. That's right. This is the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek. We talk about all things comic, all things movies, all things games, all things toys, all things books, all things Lego, all things Animal Crossing, all things COVID. And the best part of it all is... You guys know what it is? You guys? Any? Anyone? It is a Got small it. break from the unending respite. Not it's a small respite from the unending terror of the surrounding world. Pretty much. I I just heard it's in canon. That's right. <laughs> it's all in canon. All right, guys. We have a lot to talk about. Even though two minutes ago I said we have nothing to talk about. But it's showtime. We got to talk about something. 
So let's start off. This is a long weekend up here in Canada. It is Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to all of our Canadian listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. So, Phil, what's new? What's going on in the world of Phil? Um, catching up on the boys. I finally cleared season one. Best show out there right two. now. Best show out there right now. It it initially turned me off due to the, I don't know, it was just too much. I, I was talking to Tyler earlier about this, and I know that he doesn't really watch it. Um, it, it was just a lot of violence and a lot of learning curve because it's all new characters, and that, that I found it dissuaded me on the first attempt to watch it. However, all of the news and the energy behind it have brought me to watching more of it. Yeah. And I'm catching on to it. So, and it is a big kick that's filmed in Toronto. There's those moments like, hey, I know that place and shit like that. Yeah. But, um, and Brave New World, stuff like that. That's what I've been spending my time on and rewatching Star Wars on Showcase. So, right. Because yeah. goodness knows I can't just fire up Disney Plus and watch it, right? I have to nah. watch it with commercials. Yep. Hey, you gotta. Tyler, how something about you? weird about that. What's, what's new and exciting in the world of Tyler? Uh, we are in the middle of rolling out a new policy to deal with white supremacists, which is a bananas thing to have to say, but here we are in 2020, and I am back on the hiring spree. I am looking for artists to hire for some projects. There we go. Man needs artists. So, if yep. you, so, so can our listeners send anything anywhere? Yeah, they can. I'm just trying to figure out where to, where to get them to send it. Um, yeah, send it to things at brokenthings.ca. Any portfolios, any information, any stuff like that. That is the best email to send me art portfolios and a rate card. There we go. Things at brokenthings.ca. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All right, guys. Well... Like I said earlier, there's quite a bit to talk about, and I think the major thing I really wanted to talk about was Warner Brothers and their new release schedule for movies. Everything's being shifted because, well, the world is changing yet again. And, you know, if you're from Toronto, you're locked down basically at this point. If you're from Montreal, you're locked down basically at this point, and all theaters are closed yet again. So unfortunately, that means that major studios have had to rejig the release schedules for the upcoming movies, and there were some major changes. Notably, Dune, which was originally supposed to be released at the end of this year, has been moved to October of 2021. But guys, hold on, wait a second. The Batman was supposed to be releasing October of 2021. That's an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's okay, because the Batman has now been moved to spring of 2022. Not that well, anyone is really shocked. It's not, yeah. But, you know, we were talking about this, what, a few months ago when we were talking about movies in general. Um... And yeah, the reality is that, like, well, here we are. Dune and the Batman have been moved. 
Um, you know, Dune, for everyone who doesn't know, is a sci-fi movie directed by Canadian director Denis Villeneuve, is now scheduled to open in October 2021 instead of this December. The Batman starring Robert Pattinson has been moved to spring 2022. So, you know, it's... I, I'm not shocked. Here we are. This is the reality. And I feel like half of our show is just giving people updates to movie releases. <laughs> oh, I agree. It's become bananas. And it's also like, as we expected, all things are delayed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a theater chain in the States that has closed down too. I forget which one because it's different than up here. But one of the major chains just decided, you know what? We're not playing in this environment right now and i do you think it's going to be good for movies or bad for movies because right now i think a lot of movies get shotgunned and maybe we don't end up with the best version of the movie hence you know all this stuff with snyder cut and stuff like that where we get fan rebellion over boardroom decided movies and now maybe this gives the artists and directors a chance to actually polish and make a much less crunchy film, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 I get you. Here's the thing. You know, when we were talking about this earlier, uh, a few weeks ago, Dune was being rushed in the editing process Mm -hmm. to meet the December 2020 timeline. They -hmm. thought they were going to be able to do it. The reality is, is that, you know, um, with major, um, okay, Take a step back. Movie is being edited in Montreal. We know that Montreal mm-hmm. is going through another lockdown right now. So the reality of the situation is we don't even know how much work they can actually get done because of these new restrictions in place, um, because of whatever. Uh, we don't know if they have to do any reshoots at this point. Um, so, you know, it's it's a toss-up. So just to your point, Phil, I agree that I feel like, you know, this will give us the opportunity to get the best possible film out there and then when we take a look at the batman you know who knows how filming is going um you know there's i'm sure there are a lot of eyes right now in terms of um production because as we know everything was stopped when robert pattinson tested positive for covid19 yeah it's been a disaster out there. I don't know how you can expect to keep a movie on anything resembling a normal schedule. The, uh, you know, 10% increase in budgets that was projected a while ago. I don't, I don't think that number is going to hold. I think it's going to start to balloon real fast on a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take, Phil? I'm hoping the movies end up being better. Like I, I really think that Dune was in an advanced position because of, most of these concerns that you brought up, which are legitimate concerns, um, Dennis had already addressed them in the media and already mentioned that they overcame them and already mentioned that they did their uh, additional shots and whatnot that they needed to do. However, I think this gives them breathing space, and that's never a bad thing. I, I think we possibly run into the idea that we're going to be maybe asking for the pandemic version of the movie at some point or it goes into it. Uh. A Blu-ray version, like this, was the cut that we we were going to push forward, and then we ended up being able to add these extra twenty minutes for the Dune Deluxe that you got in the theater. Interesting. There, I think there's a marketing play in there. I really do, and I I think that if the art is better, 
and the music and the editing and the and the performances are better it might be a, a fascinating thing to w- look at yeah because really the epicness of dennis right like he he did true 2049 like you know fans eat that stuff up yeah, oh totally i um i hadn't thought of it that way i think it's a really interesting take on it is you know this is enforced extra time in the hopper and i don't know i don't know if it's going to end up being in a thing that just ends up sitting on a bunch of hard drives somewhere not being done whatever well yeah. that, that would be a real tragedy i think if you're given the time like let's just cross genres here, but into the same idea of a huge multifaceted project, you know, you look at 2077, if you told me, you know, if you told that crew right now, well, we could miss the November release date and do it in March and give you that three extra months. I bet you every creative on that team would go, we'll jump at it because that means three months worth of not having bugs or, that additional content that got thrown off or, or removed from the production of it, mm-hmm. we can now yeah. do. Yeah. And I'm hoping they have the same type of attitude in the movies. Like you're given a gift here yeah. and I, there's nothing more important than making it work. Well, if you release a stinker after all this time. Yeah, it is important that they're getting paid though. Right. Cause we've heard some reports from some productions that it's like, Oh yeah, we're just we're done and we're shutting it down. And I can't imagine a lot of people continuing to do editing or continue to do whatever work when they're not getting paid, even if they believe in the project. Like there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. And especially when it's like, you know, I gotta find my next gig. Yeah, I don't know where that gig is coming from in this environment either. That's boredom I, might be the best thing right now. If even if they aren't getting paid. I would be very concerned about that, right? Because then all of a sudden they're setting the the precedent that they're willing to work for free. And, you know, as soon as you're willing to, you end mm-hmm. up in the same situation as video games. Yeah. Well, I, I, and by no way talking about this, am I espousing the idea that, oh, people should work for free in a pandemic? Like, oh, yeah. I'm just saying, I know creativity and I know you're a creator. Mm-hmm. Creativity is something that, that's inside you. And it's not right of the industry to mine that in their favor without properly compensating by no way am i endorsing that but i'm just saying i can see dennis going oh man i can think there's like four or five things that i really fucking wanted to do on this and i can't i couldn't because of time constraints or whatever and if you're already sitting on money and you have the luxury of being safe and not having to work look for that second job that next project for a little bit his yeah. reputation precedes him. He might dedicate that time into the project. Just like a lot of the people who worked on the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance did and things mm-hmm. like that. I think the extra hours and the extra, you know, time that they put into that season meant that the project got to be that much better. And I I, I just could see it being that way. Not that it did them any good. Yeah. Exactly. No, in the end. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's kind of like an unfortunate example. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't, you know, that's a money thing with Netflix and I get it. Fuck Netflix right now, upping their prices. Um, Yeah. At least here in Canada. Here's the thing. You know, I don't know exactly how the movie industry works in terms of unions and whatnot, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't volunteer your time if you're part of the union per se. Right. So, Mm -hmm. 
you know, you have to have, you have to get paid in some shape or form. So it would be kind of interesting to kind of see what's happening right now, um, you know, as in, in regards to being tied to projects. Because, well, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of these projects that are being delayed, they're being delayed because of, for one reason or another. And it would be interesting to see and talk to somebody within the industry to get a better sense of how they're kind of maneuvering through the industry and job to job right now. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. It, even let's like look at this on a, another level and whatnot and think about Disney in their kind of world of, of, of Marvel Universe and having to move Black Widow back that extra step into 2021. What does that cascade into for all the other projects? How does how does this all start making interconnected sense, which is one of the highest selling aspects of the casual DC or sorry Marvel Universe that Disney has been promoting and Kevin Feige is that whole interconnectedness, you know, and and the payoff when you're watching an end game or whatever and you go holy cow, this is like being the best seven years of my life watching all these movies, right? Yeah. And that's just got to be a huge production thing. Yeah, I mean, on their marketing side, they'd announced that the new Eternals comic has been delayed. Um, I mean, we got a whack ton of uh, reprints, facsimile editions of Black Widow comics and a brand new Black Widow series launching over this past month month and a half to coincide with the movie that now didn't release and and marvel's already said like you know eternals has been delayed until that movie comes out yeah yeah and 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 then this cascades and you know the dominoes keep falling and now we have to think about creators and you know, mm-hmm. at some point, they're going to be delayed. They're going to be told, hey, slow down, tranquilo, um, you know, or or their projects might be postponed or, you know, their due dates pushed out. So as a creator, even in the comic book world, it would be interesting to see how they are maneuvering around the situation, especially when you think about the way that Marvel works now. You know, it's this big mm-hmm. marketing machine that kind of coincides releases um, of yep. their movies and their comics and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, with so much depending on each other, it'll be interesting to talk to someone. And guess what, guys? In a few weeks, what? we're going to be talking to Jim Zub, comic book creator... Toronto's own Jim Zub of Skull Kickers and many, many more comics. Uh, we're going to be talking to him in a few weeks. And, you know, these are the type of things I hope, hopefully we can get into. Uh, we talked to him, what, five years ago now? So I'm really looking forward to chatting with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll be time. interesting. Big time. And, you know, it, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't hurt that he's got a new uh, story and a new Star Wars book coming out, too. So, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't kinda... know we're going to talk to him about that yet, but we're going to talk to him about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, mean... it, it'll be pre press time. So, yeah. The other side being that it's going to be really interesting to see how many people on that creative side are getting involved in other projects, right? Yeah. Um, Keanu's done a comic now. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Berserker. A number of, other famous people have been branching out. Amanda Palmer has a podcast now, and it's kind of like, hey, what are you doing? Uh. <laughs> uh, 
so you know patreon and kickstarter and all these other options let people go indie even if they're huge and i think that we've already started to see some people moving that direction i think we're gonna keep seeing it uh even look at the music industry too yes yeah vin diesel yeah. yeah, well, there's that, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, in in terms of the artists are now branching out, connecting directly with fans, yep, and doing exactly what these big movie star conglomerations do, and they're doing it because they're not touring and they need to generate cash somehow. So they're releasing special T-shirts directly, their Instagram storying stuff. There, there's like, it's it's amazing to me to see how approachable all of these media icons have become yeah. mm-hmm. during this crisis yeah and then going back to comics we have scott snyder and tony daniel who recently launched a kickstarter for their new comic nocturnal it is like just absolutely killing it on kickstarter right now it's doing really well um so you know here we have two creators who are 100 percent going their own route um you know the kickstarter way um Question for you, Tyler, in terms of this comic, um, how do comic book stores handle these types of releases? Or is it just you don't really have much to say or do? Yeah, so I mean, a lot of the time the question becomes if it goes through Diamond or not. Or or now that we're, we're approaching a potential post-Diamond world... We need a way to get the comic, and we need a way to get the comic at a reasonable rate, is what, like, the long and the short of it is, right? Uh, comics can so easily turn into dead stock that the margins baked into the industry are, are n- necessary, right? Like, if we could sell every single comic every week, we'd be rolling in it, but we can't. And, and being a comic book shop means you're taking a risk on, frankly, some stuff that either is going to be a dud, or it's going to be a dud locally. I mean... I'm in an interesting position where we own three stores and what does well at my store does not rep like it's, it's night and day with the other locations. Recently this past week we had, Oh, what was it? Department of truth that no, I couldn't get anyone to look at and every other location we have is sold out. Hmm. And it's just, it's just, you know how ideas and stuff spread. So if it's going to go on to diamond or whatever, that's where we're going to find it. Usually. Yeah. We'll reach out and support other people. I mean, we have been huge at supporting Lemire because he's good friends with the owner. Yeah. Um, we recently did a, a, did a stock take and we found just like hidden caches Ooh. of Royal City. So, Ooh. you know. Ooh. Ooh. I might have to go pick with that up. Yeah, we had a bunch. Of, we have, um, we actually did a deal with Lemire and we have a unique cover you can only get from us for the Royal City first graphic novel. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, it comes down to how are we going to get it? I mean, Keanu Reeves' comic was on Diamond within, I think, like the first week of the Kickstarter. So we were like, oh, we can see how this is going to do. This is easy for us to address. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So yeah, so you rely on Diamond or whomever the distributor is going to be. We need a way to get it. And having been on both sides of that equation, if you're an indie producer, it is super hard to ship your comic and make the margins you need without using Diamond. Yeah, for sure. Right? If I want to ship something to BC, and I need to get it to four comic book stores in BC. Yeah. Oh, 
I lose so much let's, money in that equation. Let's just think about shipping rates and stuff like that. Like comic books yeah. aren't light. <laughs> you but know it, what I mean? It's not even the weight; it's the size. Yeah, and the size because it's by volume, right? Yeah, because sh- shipping a comic because we do we do like singles and we'll mail them. Shipping a comic in a T mailer, you're looking at at least ten bucks right now. Man, like minimum. So it's like, how are we making money off of like a five dollar yeah. comic? Yeah, exactly. It's really, it's, yeah. it's such a weird industry, right? Like, who in the right mind would mm-hmm. open a comic book store? I well, mean, we're making bank during COVID, so I kind of see it. Yeah, you know, it's it's knowing the market because, like I say, here in in, in the town where I live, we used to have what's called the Comic Wizard. And Bob used to run it and he gave it to his, you know, manager to run. And, and the comic book store was really struggling. And, and the whole while Steve Gilbert is part-time there and being really observant in the trends and really digging into the analytics of how things are moving. What is, where's the risk, things like that. He eventually took over the comic book store, rebranded it as fourth dimension and you know what? I think he's doing quite well with it because he paid attention to the stuff that you have to pay attention to and not just mm-hmm. wing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go, oh, yeah, well, let's order, you know, four billion ca- uh, copies of the Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. That maybe it doesn't move. You know what I mean? And then you're stuck on that and you're, you're hemorrhaging cash, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, and the other side being you got to know how to diversify and what you're good at and what you're not good at. I mean, I always love making the example between the dragon and Gotham comics over Mississauga. Gotham comics is where you go. If you want back issues. Yeah. Like they do it super well, but the downside being, you know, if you're a mom with a kid who just watched into the spider verse and your kid's like, what do I read? We're going to beat them on that one. Cause I can be like, here's your three comics you start with. Yeah. Gotham is great for collectors. Um, yeah, and you know, then, yep. So, yeah, and you got to know your market, right? Yeah, that that's the key. Exactly, it's knowing what your market will bear and what the interest is in the area. If if people are coming in and it's by and large, like Tyler says, women uh, and families with kids that just watched the Spider Man movie and they want to know where to go, you got to know that that's what you're stalking for versus the collector versus all that stuff, right? Like, yeah. yep. So- oh, totally. You know, I know I go to Microplay for for retro gaming. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they do that it type well. Of thing, and they do it well. So, yeah, that's where I used to go back in the day when it was a legit chain, and not three locations in Guelph and KW. <laughs> yeah. So here we are talking comic books. It's a subject that we tend not to talk about a lot, um, for some reason or another. But do you know who actually hates talking about comic books more than you and I, Tyler? Who's that? Alan Moore. That's true. <laughs> and the reason why I bring up Alan Moore is because he gave he's been giving in he's been giving interviews lately about his new project, the show. And in these interviews he came out saying two major things that I want to discuss with you. The first is Alan Moore says COVID may be the final blow to the comic industry. I mean, he's wrong. Yeah. But okay. So here's a direct quote. 
I doubt the major companies will be coming out of lockdown in any shape at all. More told deadline. The mainstream comics industry is about 80 years old and it has a lot of pre-existing health conditions. It wasn't looking that great before COVID happened. So here's my take. I'll give my take first this time. I think this guy is completely out of touch with the comic book industry. I think that he's just a bitter old man that, you know, yelling at clouds. And, you know, a lot of this is just his personal opinions on an industry that he's left behind and is angry. And if you ever mentioned the Watchmen to him, he might punch you in the face. Yep. I, I think you're largely right. I think that, you know, honestly, like Alan Moore, I don't think Alan Moore is, is, is in touch with it as used to be. I mean, I really like him, but I think that also, I think that to their credit, Marvel and Image and Boom have done a phenomenal job at bringing new blood in. Yep. And DC to a lesser extent. I mean, DC partly did it through their whole thing, but by and large, everyone's getting that you need the new blood. Yep. And uh, young kids come into the store for Ms. Marvel and Miles Morales and freaking like everything Boom's doing. So. so, I feel like I'm going to be a little controversial saying this, but I don't right. care. I feel Alan Moore is just one of those comic gate type people. Ooh, that's an interesting take. take. Think about it. Think about it. You know, he's a bitter old man. He's angry at the mm-hmm. industry. He clearly doesn't like change, even though he did. And the irony here is that he did write books like Watchmen. You know, which is so revolutionary, had different types of heroes and heroines. But here he is basically saying, you know, oh, the comic industry is in its last breath, you know. And and, and if you pick and you hear some of his other comments, he always talked about, you know, the changing industry and how these changes aren't working, etc. I don't know. I just, I, 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 it's, yeah, he's just a bitter, Hey, bitter hang on here. Just to play on to that. So... This guy, you know, obviously storied. I've read The Watchmen. I've read some of his stuff before. Yeah. Uh, obviously, know how big of an impact he is. Um, but here he is trumpeting that video killed the radio star. Yeah, I mean, the other side of it being, if you look into that interview more, he starts going off about like how Batman shouldn't be a serious character. Yeah, and it's like you and Gaiman <laughs> and everyone from your era made comics big by making it serious and saying yeah, yeah. we should take these seriously. You don't get to turn around and say that, you know, it has, it's wrong now because of whatever. And I don't, like, DC gets a bit grimdark for me, but I'm also not, I'm not shaming the people who come in and get it. Look the other he... side is, it's, 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 I don't know, it's, I find it's typical of modern Alan Moore of he gets like, it's, it's, he's partially right and then gets like a, a weird conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because one of his points was that, a lot of these creative companies, especially Marvel and DC, are pretty top-heavy, and I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the other side being, the other side being, 2016, size of the conch industry, was $1.08 billion. What do y'all think it is three years later in 2019? Yep. Exactly. $1.2 billion. Yep. Hmm. There you go. That's an industry. It's growing. Exactly. We get the numbers month to month. Here's another interesting quote. I'm not so interested in comics anymore. I don't want anything to do with them. 
more told deadline. Mm -hmm. I had been doing comics for 40-something years when I finally retired. When I entered the comics industry, the big attraction was that this was a medium that was vulgar. It had been created to entertain working-class people, particularly children. The way that the industry has changed, it's graphic novels now. It's entirely priced for an audience of middle-class people. I have nothing against the middle-class people, but it wasn't meant to be a medium for middle-aged hobbyists. It was meant to be a medium for people who haven't got much money. This guy's off his fucking rocker. I mean, I understand that criticism. I do too. Yeah. I do too. But, but my counter is comicsology. <laughs> Fact. Yeah. All right, it's naive. Okay, it's a simple fact that, oh look, stuff's changed. I'm mad. That's what it just sounds like to me. Honestly, like old man yells at cloud, just like Boris said. Because I'm like, okay, I remember the golden days of walking downtown and seeing a spinner and grabbing a comic off of it and spending fifteen or twenty five cents on it. I remember those days. I remember it was a golden age, and there was a lot of crap as well. There was a lot of bad writing, pulp. Yeah. garbage all right yeah. like it's cringe worthy right now you look at when you go in right now and you drop your good amount of money on a graphic novel or a series that's going to be a graphic novel you look at the quality of the writing you look at the quality of the art you look at the quality of the story and as long as it's in your flow as long as it's in your vibe it's great stuff yeah. all right i know it's not for everybody like somebody who might not like violence picks up picks up an issue or a novel and is like, well, this this missed my mark. Well, that's up to you to do the research. Find out what you want. But the thing is, is that the industry has really matured, and to be arguing against that maturity is just hilarious to me. And here's the thing: back to Tyler's point, he is part of the people who revolutionized the industry mm -hmm. into what it is today. Yep. All right. Hey man, like Watchmen. Yeah. Read it. It'll yeah. blow your mind. Watchmen TV yeah, That's show. not the most serious thing you've ever read. <laughs> yeah. I yep. heard that it's not very political. God. Like our like our podcast. So God. here's an you okay there, Tyler? Yeah, no, Phil Phil knew I, he was like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rile Tyler up. I'm just gonna, gonna back yeah. off. All right. Just, just, so here's his Shoot that one out there. <laughs> here's the second point that Mr. Moore's made, and that is in regards to superhero cinema. He said, I haven't seen a superhero movie since the first Tim Burton Batman film. They have blighted cinema and also blighted culture to a degree. Several years ago, I said I thought it was really worrying sign that hundreds of thousands of adults were queuing up to see characters that were created 50 years ago to entertain 12-year-old boys. Wait, but Alan Moore, I thought you wanted it to be an industry for the lower classes yep. and not a form of cultural elitism. Isn't that funny? Oh my gosh. I don't know. It's arguable after the that original Batman Keaton Burton film that I would walk away from superhero movies too. Watching Jack Nicholson play the Joker. I don't know. It's, it's such a funny time. And I guess as, as at that point, as a kid, it was exciting. If you would have 
brought me in at my age right now, I'm, I might sit there and think, well, this is a lot of tripe on the screen. And maybe that's where he stopped. I don't know. Maybe that was his mindset. But there's a lot of great stuff out there right now. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like Mark Marin. He he came out, what is it, last year or two years ago. And he made started making all these comments. Basically the same thing of what Alan's saying is like, it's, it's just for man babies to, to want to be a superhero and to go and line up. And it's ruining Hollywood and it's ruining the industry and all this crap. And then he signs on to the Joker. Exactly. And I'm like, well, you can't have it both ways, guy. Like, I, I get what your point is about how it suffocates cinemas and it suffocates the industry a little bit, but it's what people are consuming for crap's sake. Like, the other fucking side of that is like, we have Lighthouse and Colorado Space, which are some of the weirdest shit we've ever had in cinema. What about Blood Machines? Like, yeah. it's, it's, we're, we have more weird shit now than ever. Yeah, it's almost like there's too much, right? It's, I don't know. It, it's a funny world. It's, I get where Alan's coming from, but you know what? Like, there's a lot of stuff out there. Tyler, what do you think? I, yeah, look, we have some of the weirdest stuff coming out. I don't, it's just a lot of complaining over the world did tr- <laughs> the way I wanted it to. I got really surprised by that sneeze. It came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. I think I'm dead now. Oh, that, that one caught me off. <laughs> like I was mid send. Like you know, usually the sneeze, you're like, "Oh, this is coming," and this was just like, "Nope." Bam! Wow. God. <laughs> The weirdest timeline. Uh, if we're keeping this, I'm just gonna let people know that we can see each other. <laughs> so that's why there's the I'm comedy. Just fucking having fries. Oh yeah, yeah we're the fries food. the entire time. Like... God. And then he pushes the mic away and starts hacking. <laughs> Tyler's is like, whoa! <laughs> spastic sneeze out. <laughs> yeah, look, it was coming, and I didn't want to go right in the mic. I was trying to be respectful. I got caught flat-footed. <laughs> yeah, no, you handled it beautifully. It picked up more fucking noise than if you had just fucking gone. It was a bad one. <sighs> but yeah, so... Old man yelling Basically, we've got a lot... Of, yeah, we got a lot of variety of content out there. It's not like the only thing being produced is these super heavy, serious superhero movies. The fact is, is that the content's out there and there's a lot of variety in the industry for anything that you could want to watch or do. Also, wait a minute. Didn't Alan Moore write a fucking comic about a serial killer from the 1890s? Yes. <laughs> I think, yeah. He also wrote V for but, Vendetta. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a light. Walk in the park. <laughs> I guess he didn't go see that in the theaters. <laughs> I think he actually refused the money from it. He did. In his defense, oh. I think he was actually oh. like, I'm not even taking the money. Good for him, but you know how many times I walked into Chapters or Indigo up here and there was a V for Vendetta graphic novel packaged with a mask for like $35. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. I'm sure that check hit his pocket. So. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. He's, he, he's opinionated. He's not an idiot. No, I'm good on him. It's his, it's his money. Hey, to have. and look, we've been spent. We've spent the last fifteen minutes talking about him. 
Not his project, just him. I mean, I'm fine with something else. What's up next? Oh, I'm opening up my burger. That's what I'm doing. Oh, wow. You're opening up your burger. Like, are you going to start eating it, or are you going to open it and, like, takes things out? I thought he was eating these veggie sticks. I'm like, they're actually french fries. Amazing. Okay. Well, wow. I'm going to deal with that hard, next. It's hard to, to vamp for this one. Yeah, all right. Look, we're going to talk about Amy Coney Barrett now. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, let me give you just a sec to pull up my notes. Oh. Uh, I think we wanted to talk about the boys, didn't we? We can talk about the boys. I'm okay to talk about the boys. You want to talk about the boys? Yeah. I always yeah. want to talk about the boys. You don't? I said I always want. Oh fuck! Oh, you always. Yeah. Said I don't. He's, he's the most excited boys fan I've ever seen because, and I don't mean that in the weird way that that could be extracted. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying that. Uh, that. Basically, Boris is always telling me how great the show is. There we go. That will be my politically correct statement. Yeah, Phil, I'm always talking about the boys. <laughs> I'm always so. Pat Oswald and other people released the new Modoc trailer uh, from executive no, producer no, Jordan. No, 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 nope, no Modoc talk. <laughs> Fuck, no. Huh. But Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Ben Schwartz are in it. Oh, boy. They, they play Modoc's children. Hey, did we mention that Boris is back? Yeah. Uh, other news, because we're just going to whip through it really quick. Uh, Terry Pratchett's The Watchmen subset of his Discworld books is being, air quote, made into a television series. Which his daughter says, look, I think it's fairly obvious that at the watch, there's no DNA with my father's watch. This is neither criticism nor support. It is what it is. And while and Neil Gaiman, good friend of the now the deceased Terry Pratchett said, the fan base are fans and like the source material because it's the source material that they like. So if you do something else, you risk alienating the fans on a monumental scale. It's not Batman Mm. if he's now a news reporter in a yellow trench coat with a pet bat. Yeah. There's, there's so, real danger, right? Yeah, it, it, for those who haven't looked into this, it's originally a like high fantasy comedy that now appears to be a steampunk, no. cyberpunk, like serious mm. show with a really? like a drunk. Oh yeah, no, it's you got to watch the trailer. It has nothing oh. to do with the original books. Oh come on! Like when when we originally were talking high high concept of of this element oh, in the yeah. show, I was like excited to hear Terry Pratchett's name being brought in. Like look at look at the great job that was done with with Good Omens, right? The the TV series that was on yep. Amazon Prime that stayed loyal to the source material, and uh, like yeah. that's what Neil and Terry wrote together was mm-hmm. that book, and formed their friendship. Yeah. And the guy's got such a rich legacy, like that that Discworld series, yeah, is epic in proportion. I was just thinking, you know, I was relating back to something we talked about on another show about what do you do with all the credits you're accumulating in Audible. I've yeah. decided that now I'm going to collect all of the Discworld books. Oh, nice! Who do they have narrating this? 
I don't know, but I'm going to go find out because now this month yeah. when, when it goes through, when the transaction goes through, I've got nothing to buy, but I'm thinking that's what I'm going to buy. Cause I'm caught up on star Wars. I'm caught up on a lot of stuff. So I'm thinking that would be the, the long haul purchase, right. Is to get back into disc world. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I I always been worried about who does the the voicing for some of those because there's a bunch of them that Will Wheaton does. And Cinder, you want Will Wheaton as a book narrator? He is way too excited. Yeah. Like he's like he's acting, not narrating. And I don't know. I it's not what I want. I I listened to him doing what was it? Ready Player One. Yeah, I think he read that one. Yeah, it wasn't bad. He wasn't the original but... narrator, and I've listened to both and liked the original narrator a oh. lot more. Makes sense. Yeah, and, and sometimes that can turn me off too. Like even <clears throat> even with some of the Star Wars stuff, I, I've been meaning to read that Palpatine book, the that's Legends now. And yep. the narrator on the Audible one is just too deep voiced. Oh, I need a deep voiced person on there though. Yeah, but the regular guy that they have doing it with the slight accent and stuff, and he he does the voices like he's you know he can do C three PO and. Or whatever he can change the pitch of his voice to kind of voice act. Fair. I I kind of like that. Whereas when you got a deep voice and and you can't project and you know it's really difficult sometimes to get the buy in when you know the guy tries to emulate Princess Leia with like Darth Vader's voice. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> Takes me out of the moment. I I like yeah. the Star Wars books just so anybody knows. Not only because I like Star Wars, yes, that's established, but because they put a lot of sound effects and a little bit of the music in there. And it breaks up an audiobook that sometimes is a little bit dry. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, well that, that, that sounds terrible, Tyler. I don't know if I'm going to bother with that now. Yay. Well, no, you should check who's narrating it. Because a good narrator is going to Oh, no, it. I don't mean the narration. I mean this Watchmen, the, this, this watch thing. This oh, yeah. It looks show. bad. It looks real bad. It looks yeah. real bad. All right. The Boys. Season 2 finale. The Boys. This past week. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, was it a good episode. Holy shit. But it's not is political. That's the so best good. part, right? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is. The past three or four episodes, the entire series is super political. Really yeah. um, is a good kind of reflection on where we are in today's world. But the past, like, three or four episodes have, like, taking it up a notch especially you know as we heard earlier in this week with the whole you know the alleged plan to kidnap kidnap the michigan governor things like that you know it's just like wow really like when they wrote this it's like you could not have planned up for a better release than now weeks before the election yeah it's scary <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean that too, but yeah, so uh, my thing is the same person who came into the store about a month ago saying that he hates political comics came in yesterday ranting and raving about how good The Boys is, and I had to go isn't The Boys like bananas political? And he says, no, it's not. So <laughs> guy, it's not political. Sorry. Shut it down. Is this it's Todd from Tennessee that goes into your store? Guy, you'd think so, right? Like wow! Like it is one of even the most for heavy. I'm I'm an idiot watching this stuff. I am as 
unplugged as you can be. And I don't want to get into the politics of it. And even I can't ignore them yep. in this thing. You know, the, the main superhero Homelander is a complete ass wipe. Yeah. You know, wearing the American flag. And that's not why he's an ass it's he's an ass wipe because he's an ass wipe of a person and and just what's brewing now in their corporate world in i'm about halfway through the second season what's brewing now in that corporate world what's brewing between storm stormfront or whatever and and homelander i'm i'm excited to get through the next three episodes like today because i want to see the end of it the other side being they have a character named Stormfront. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. With a very Which interesting some... origin story. Yeah. Well, and for some people for some people in the audience who maybe somehow don't know, Stormfront is the name of a literal neo-Nazi webpage. Yep. And people are like, "No, it's not. It's not political." Yeah. Yep. But you know what? Like it's all about these conspiratorial shout outs and that's the stuff that misses on me i don't know that about this neo-nazi stuff but as well <clears throat> you know you get into the debates and and what the the president says and how it gets interpreted it's a bizarre world man and the fact that these shows and these comics and all this media are able to exactly what we were talking about predict it like film it <laughs> predict it and play into it in that way is brilliant and terrifying all it's at the same time. It's terrifying to me that our real world is essentially a fantasy world right now. Like, you could not write this stuff any mm -hmm. different or any better than what, how it's, it's transpiring yeah. in today's world. It's the shittiest cyberpunk novel ever. It really is. Yeah. Like, yeah. give us something cool. We got crazy death drones, and our phones are spying on us, but where's my cybernetic arm? Yeah. Yeah. How come I can't live forever but be unhappy? <laughs> Damn. How's that for a heavy one? <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. I hear you guys were talking about Joe Rogan earlier on an I earlier episode. <laughs> Oh boy, Tyler might be getting ready to throw some things. Yeah, I'm looking for someone to stab someone with. Tyler, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Footage leaked of him talking to Alex Jones. And Alex Jones said that Joe Biden wants to kill babies after they're born so they can he can eat them. And Joe Rogan's response was, I'm real concerned about late-stage abortions. The fact that you do not criticize someone saying that there are literal cannibals out there in the Democratic Party is insane. Yep. It should be... Like... <sighs> I, I don't get all this conspiracy stuff. I really... This stuff... It's scary. It has... And this is actually one of the reasons why I, I'm like really holding back on doing our conspiracy show. Um, yeah, because yeah, you can't anymore. Yeah, you can't anymore. Yeah. You can't have you fun can't. with it anymore. You, you really can't. It's it's gotten to the point mm -hmm. where it's just absolutely insane what people literally think and things mm -hmm. that people are literally posting. It's like 
it's it's just it's not even a good graphic novel anymore. Some of that stuff. Yeah, there are people who freaking are like flat earthers. Unironically, they had Donald Trump Jr. to speak at their flat Earth event. Yep. Yep. This is where I see things going. Right, like it used to be conspiracy theories were about UFOs. It used to be conspiracy theories were about you know the the hidden planet or planet whatever planet X. It used to be conspiracy theories were about, you know, a lot of different government cover-ups, but I don't know. You read it and you kind of went, oh, wouldn't that be interesting if it were true? I don't know. I I got into it for a while, but then it started getting really political. And then people started cutting their cords in, yeah. in the sense that they stopped watching the news. Yeah. All right. And now the news is I literally catch people telling me that, oh, I checked Facebook for my news. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Why would you do that? You're reading an opinion. You're not reading news. You're reading an opinion about news. That is the... And they're basing... like, And that's where all the shit is coming from. Because <clears throat> I don't think that there's any proof anywhere that other than a comment by somebody that Joe Biden and kids or whatever that, that came out with. And now it's this trope for them it's they constantly bring it up politically and, and things like that but i don't think that there's any basis or foundation for any of it and yet everybody instantly believes it yeah that's basically where we're at it's a world where people ignore you know what's actually going on in the world they read a meme they spend five minutes doing research on a meme on a conspiracy website what? page Oh, I went to Reddit to get the facts. And, and then there you go. Yeah. Or Reddit or 4chan, even worse, you know, and, and here we are, you know, it's just, it's, it, it just, it's insane to me. It's absolutely insane to me how these people think, how these people conduct themselves. And I don't think they realize how hypocrite, like they're absolute hypocrites about their own messaging, their own messages. So, I don't know. Tyler, any final thoughts there? It's cuz it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's I honestly it feel got it right that it, you know, it has become an incessant tool of political discourse. And that's just sorry. My wife just brought a giant ball of dog fur. <laughs> and I was like, "What the f-? So, yeah, it's become it's become just a way of wielding political power, and it's bananas that it has any legitimacy at all. And that, like, I don't understand how you can be considered to be at all reputable or respectful when you can let someone come on your show and be like, oh no, the the former vice president of the United States literally eats babies. Well, he wears red shoes. Come on. Jesus. (laughs) It's so toxic. So toxic. Speaking of toxic... Aaron Sorkin wants to make a follow-up to the social network. Oh. Okay. Is it called Conspiracy Theory 101? (laughs) (sighs) This is the world we live in. How Mark Zuckerberg puts on 10 pounds worth of, like, formula to block the sun and go surfing. Yeah. How do you make a sequel to it? Like, <laughs> you just expose what a clusterfuck Facebook is? Like, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. 
I'll bet I'll have a great soundtrack by Trent Reznor. <laughs> I love how you're it's going in his wheelhouse, this. all this political you... discourse. Tyler and I haven't said a word for how long. You're just keep going. You're you're good at this. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what can be said. I'm sorry, you brought up this talking point. Confused. It's bad. It's bad all over. It's just bad. Maybe they exposed the development of Twitter? <laughs> I just, I don't even know. Like, honestly, Aaron Sorkin should better spend his money actually doing something about Facebook instead of making another movie where he, like, engages in this lukewarm, milk toast criticism of the current political climate. Mm-hmm. Both sides make some really good points. What the fuck are you talking about, Aaron Sorkin? Isn't um, you can't say the Tea Party makes some good points. They don't. Isn't Aaron Sorkin working on a follow-up to The West Wing right now? He keeps trying to allegedly. But apparently, yeah, apparently it's actually moving forward in a on stage or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Why not? That's Aaron Sorkin. Whatever. So, Amazon's The Expanse Season 5 gets the first trailer and release date. So, episodes will be released every Wednesday, with the season wrapping up on February 3rd, 2021. So, there you go. Phil. There you go. Good to have you back. I'm excited. I watched that, and I thought, holy cow, I gotta rewatch the other four again and get back. Into where the show is because reading the books is very discombobulating in comparison to the show. So, um, so it looks good though. You know, filmed in Toronto, all the actors seem to be back. Uh, I'm curious what they do now with the pilot, uh, considering all this controversy that's surrounding him, the guy who plays the pilot on there. I forget his name now, yeah. but uh, I know that there's some some controversy and some. I've seen the author kind of saying they're going to sort it out and I have faith that they will but it does raise an eyebrow because I do like his portrayal of that character yeah on the show wow. GameStop Tyler, and- you're an expanse guy it's crucial I'm behind on the show but I'm I, that final book comes out next year too yeah it does it got moved win, to next win, year win. supposed to be this year so yeah the ninth book or tenth book is going to be coming out as well probably in February when the show ends Probably pretty close. Because I think they said first quarter. Maybe I'm wrong. Gonna end that nine book series. Yeah. Big books, too. We're not talking little light read. Yeah. So many things need to be answered. GameStop and Microsoft enter a multi-year partnership ahead of Xbox Series X launch. Phil, do you want to give our listeners a rundown of what this actually means and what all of this means to someone looking to buy an Xbox Series X. Well, they've announced the partnership in Canada as far as you can go to an EB Games and purchase, uh, supposedly at some point, purchase uh, or move your account into a finance position. I think it's going to be twenty nine ninety nine a month, and you're going to get an Xbox Series X, no money up front, but you're going to be locked into a two year contract with Game Pass. It's a great deal. It's, it looks like it's a it's a great way to pick up an Xbox. But with this GameStop announcement, it goes a little deeper. 
First of all, they're going to be able to offer that. But next, they are distributing Microsoft. are going to be actively distributing Microsoft product to employees in the store. So we're talking 30,000 employees that are going to be becoming potential uh, advertisers for Microsoft. Because we also have to remember early on this pandemic, Microsoft decided to close down all of its stores worldwide, except for like one, I think. So... At this point, Microsoft has removed itself from a retail standpoint, but they're going to be changing or proposing to change the GameStop locations into a Microsoft-branded experience as far as not like the store, but more in the video game end of it and demonstrate product and promotions in there. So you're going to see a lot more Halo stuff. You're going to see a lot more um, <clears throat> different, different branded stuff that pushes a Microsoft agenda. Yeah, that's a very interesting partnership there, especially as Microsoft earlier this year announced that they will be closing their retail stores. So this makes logical sense from a business point of view. Um, and, you know, partnering up with like, you know, the game shop in the States and Canada, you know, why the hell not? It's a smart move overall. Well, if it, if the franchise can survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's a big question. Like, is this a lifeline? where Microsoft are committing to trying to float the franchise while it goes through this difficult transition? Or is this a, um, a just a kind of throw at it, and, and whether the dart hits the middle of the board or it doesn't even hit the board at all, Microsoft doesn't care. Yeah. It, it's a question of commitment and what's in that actual contract, which, you know, beyond the, the light stuff that we're seeing right now, that's all we know is that it's an opportunity. So who knows? Maybe if it gives GameStop the ability to stick around more, I think it's good because people do like going to a store and buying your console. Yeah, right. It's that's very fair. I don't. I I personally can't trust that Amazon or anybody else is going to. I've seen what they do to my action figures. I don't want to think about what they're doing to an SSD. And you know, there was a teardown of the PlayStation Five this week. In you know, on, on PlayStation's channel where the vice president of of build or materials tore down an entire PS5 and showed us and laid it all out on the table. And I just look at those components, liquid metal chips and stuff like that. I can only imagine what's in the Xbox Series X. And I look at the amount of venting and cooling and, and stuff like that and knowing how those fins and they, they can bend. They can... I just don't trust that it's going to go in the back of a pure later truck and land on my doorstep in great shape. You know, when you're talking about moving pallets of product into a store, it's definitely way more secure. Yeah. Right. And I can baby my machine and I can basically ex uh, enjoy my six or $700 worth of investment. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I just want to be able to buy one. <laughs> you know what? I just want to be able to buy one. I think that's going to lead into one of Tyler's stories. He's brought yeah. up about some statistics. Oh, no, it's just, I heard about like my continuing trying to me trying to get a PS5. Yeah, so uh, a well, marketing too. firm has reported that eighty percent of next gen pre orders are PS5s over. Xboxes, right? Which is, if true, a bananas lead. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to gauge because we don't have the stats in front of us. We don't know exactly who they're asking, where they're asking. We don't know the full story. 111 people. Yeah, we have that data. People. Bill and I already went into it. <laughs> you can read the chat. Yeah. It, it's a small sample size, which is a big problem. And they are a market research firm, so it's kind of that double-edged sword. If they know what they're doing, broadly speaking, yeah. but this sample size seems small. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I still think it's going to be largely reflective of uh, the majority of people are trying to get a PS5. I think that that's all that it really is probably going to bear out, whether it's 80%, 60%, whatever the actual number is. It gives me hope that there's going to be Xbox Series Xs just laying about relatively quickly mm-hmm. if we can expect that demand is heavy on the PS5. And as well this week, we did find out that the PS5 is going to be 99% backwards compatible with PS4 games. There's only about 10 titles that will not land into that. So if you're a big Afro Samurai 2 fan, um, or that VR experience of Robinson, the journey, you're probably SOL, so keep your PS4 around so you That's can like enjoy four. that. Yeah. All There's 10 people will be hugely disappointed. I do have some of the titles I was saying to Tyler last <laughs> night. I do have of some course. of the titles in that list, yeah. like probably about half of them. Now, do I play them or care about them that much? Not really. Yep. So there is. It, you know, and some of them I have on other platforms like Xbox. Yeah. So I'm like, it, it's not that big of a deal, but it's just interesting overall. That's the state of the union as far as pre next gen. And, and some units have gone out to people for the Xbox Series X. Yeah. Microsoft are doing an amazing job of getting the product out there for preview. Now they do have shackles on about what they're allowed to talk about, what they're allowed to show. I have seen video, live video of what this thing is capable of, and it's impressive. But no Halo. So, no Halo, no. But at this point, and this is this is my issue. This is why I'm switching from PS5. I'm going to make that declaration right now. I'm switching from PS5 to Xbox for the initial launch, and that is because both game systems are offering backwards compatibility as the feature to buy it early mm-hmm. however xbox's backwards compatibility is huge compared to what sony are doing sony are including their ps4 library i have a ps3 that can play ps3 ps2 ps1 i i know i don't go back and play ps1 games and whatnot but there are games that i'm playing i actually started playing uh star wars the uh, force whatever the one with the guy the star killer yeah i started playing that this week just because i was curious about some stuff in the in the canon that it explored which is no longer canon but it's fun to go back to the 360 titles it's there's quality in there there's some good stuff and i'm just thinking for next gen hey man could be a lot of fun i'm not digging the fact that they have that exclusive deal with seagate for expansion yeah, that's yeah, not fun. No, no. I don't know. I'm. I know I'm in the minority here, but I'm just not. I don't care too much about backwards compatibility. I. I just. It's something that for me, I'm just. I don't 
really go back and replay games after the fact too often. Um, so for me, backwards compatibility isn't is not um, a feature that I would, you know, base my initial purchase of a system for. That's but just, that's okay, just me. this isn't backwards compatibility though, as much as it's Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass is like this huge thing that yeah, right. I, and that's where backwards compatibility crosses the road with game pass because game pass offers me the opportunity to play all kinds of different titles out of xbox's library it brings the vastness of xbox's library into an on-demand system and now when we talk ea when we talk about ea being part of the game pass when we talk about all of bethsaida and zenimax's property being accessible through game pass Mm -hmm. it's becoming very very lucrative to become an xbox fan if you're willing to explore gaming as a culture yeah if you just want the latest and greatest i'm sure and i love playstation i'm going to be buying one i'm going to have both but latest and greatest and and all those exclusive titles yeah playstation but it's going to take time for those titles to get out there yeah yeah and microsoft i don't feel compelled yeah, and Microsoft is reportedly working on a direct browser-based solution that will allow it to bring its cloud gaming service previously known as Project X Cloud to iOS and iPad OS devices in 2021. I foresee yep. a nice lawsuit happening here, but we'll see what happens. Well, well they've already they've already sided with they've already said they're suing Apple as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they've already said they're joining with Epic. There you go. The the issue also comes into the fact that this whole idea of web brace web-based content comes out of n- number one netflix do it that's the way that they do some things uh number two luna which is amazon's product that was their solution to work around this issue on ios and microsoft completely copied it because that got announced two weeks ago yeah and that was their solution so microsoft immediately like phil spencer came out with this statement the, the other day about circumventing the rule by doing it through browser. So I think you're going to see Apple come up with some kind of response that bars uh, applications uh, do, exploiting this loophole in their, boss, in their policy. Yeah. As well, tagging on to that, Microsoft made an announcement that they're apparently really, really willing to work with vendors about a sliding scale in terms of how they're charging, except on Xbox. Right. So if you use Xbox, you're getting dinged the 30%. But if you use the Microsoft Store, they're going to have a sliding negotiable rate. Yeah, we'll see how far that goes. Yeah, because it's arguable that Apple are doing the same thing. They're providing the ecosystem, therefore they can charge what they want. If they're going to use that same argument with Xbox, I don't know how you get away with it. But Yeah, that's exactly it. And I would love to hear like Tyler's (laughs) deconstruction of that. Yeah, it's interesting. They're actually arguably offering this as a way of hurting Apple because if all of a sudden they're like, no, you can play you can play ball more in managing your ecosystem and we should not compare these to the old way of doing things. Um it's a take. Yep. It's a take. I think it's a talking point for a court case. Whether it works or it doesn't, I think Microsoft points to it and they go, well, we did this for people. That's very true. Right? And, and then they, they can all of a sudden be exempted from a legal point of view, or at least considered, right, as, oh, well, yeah, you didn't 
you didn't do what Apple did. And you are open on the platforms that you're allowing to be open on computers, things like that. So I think that it's a, a way to try and appeal to, at the very base, appeal to the court to allow Macintosh computers or Apple computers to be categorized in a different store than maybe their iOS stuff. Yeah. yeah it's I'm an not- interesting play. I don't know where it goes. Yeah. Wow, I got serious there. Yeah, you did. Agreed. Agreedo. Well, it's been the majority of my content this week is watching the negotiated fronts of this. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So, a slow news week. It is a slow news week. Um, But that's all right. Phil, any new Animal Crossing happenings? Oh, the game is so grindy. I know I say that every time. And I play it every day. I put in at least 20 minutes every day. That's amazing. I have five and a half million dollars in there. Everyone's bum plug. Um, the other guys running around, Sticky Spaz, Jizzy Jazz. It's, it's bananas. It's funny. It's so random. Um, and the seasons change and the content changes. Yeah. Right? Right now, everything's Halloween. Everything is... It, but it's boring. I gotta, I gotta say, like, I, I'm pushing through it because I want to play it for 365 days. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then never play it again. <laughs> like, <clears throat> it's become this war within my mind about the little freaking raccoons and yep. like the whole diabolical aspect of of this corporation owning me and my island. Yeah, and my function within that, and I'm a cog. I really want to do like a graphic novel about about you know my little i'm the only human in everybody else's animal world i just don't get it sometimes are you okay there's so many things furry porn i don't know like it's out there it goes i will continue to find words it it actually wouldn't let me rename something a butt plug because it determined that butt was a word that was bad so i am finding that there are words in the dictionary that so bum plug was brilliant so <laughs> and yeah boris i i think you could tweet there or or send out on social media some of the screenshots i've sent you i will they're gold since we talk about it openly now yeah they're so gold right now Ugh. i i literally have this blue pig that's on my animal crossing thing and his name is boris and you don't name them they show up and his name is Boris. And he said the most Boris thing to me the other day. I'm walking along. And he's just like, are you still even talking to me? <laughs> and I'm just, that, that's Boris. He's so grizzly, man. Funny. <laughs> and Tyler is gone. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's a washroom or is it just an abandonment? <laughs> we just, don't know. <laughs> like all of my relationships. Yeah. Oh man, I don't want to ask right now. <laughs> no, I, it's. I don't know. The gaming is weird right now. I know it's blowing up huge in this pandemic and whatnot, but I don't know. I'm playing Squadrons a little bit too. I, I you know, I I completely forgot about that game. I yeah, I yet. I picked it up on PlayStation. Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna. Eh, we'll see. How is it? How, what do you think? It's all right. 
it's our it, you know what it, it's it's definitely a lot like tie fighter versus x-wing mm, okay. except okay. on the playstation you can put the vr headset on mm. so you can play it in vr and it looks good does it? all right yeah it does it, it's it's not perfect there's a little hang-ups but i know it'll get better it'll iterate into better versions so i have confidence there it, it's fun to be in star wars in vr it's still kind of new um, it's not microtransaction y at all. Really? Good. I don't think that there's anything in there yep. leading me to that. Yep. So I don't like flying the TIE Fighter. Or sorry, I don't like flying the X Wing. I like the TIE Fighter. Right. A little bit more, it's a little simpler because there's a lot to manage and you you're playing with the controller. So there's a lot to manage on yeah. the X Wing because you got shields and you got all kinds of stuff going on, whereas it's like with the TIE Fighter just don't screw up. Yeah. It's a little, little more fun. I've been, but yeah, it, it's definitely worth the look into. I've been, dude. I've been so out of the loop in terms of gaming recently. I've just like, I don't know. It's just, you know, after playing, it's the phase, right? Yeah, that's you know, my gaming comes in waves. You know, there are times where I'm yeah. completely obsessed, and this is what I'm going to be doing, and whatever. But um, you know, I think it coincided with the fact that uh, you know, for the for for a few months there we were able to kind of get some resemblance of life back. Uh, so, you know, being able to see people and whatnot. So yeah. I realized that, like, my gaming went down significantly when I, you know, started seeing more people. Um, but I can see now, like, especially as November 12th is coming fast and furious, um, I, I can see myself going back into the gaming world and um, getting re-obsessed with that, especially as we inch closer and closer to full lockdown here in Ontario. Yeah, we're on our way, but you know what? Cyberpunk 2077 is going to drop soon. It's gone gold this week, Yeah. Mm -hmm. which for those people who don't understand gold just means that they made the disc. They have a, a version of code that <laughs> makes it to the point where it's going to go on the disc. This crunch that's going on, um, CD Red project or whatever they're called came out this week and they they lambasted a lot of a lot of um reporting studio or reporters for coming out with this crunch story and and trying to damn them because they are saying we're we're paying our employees like we're not in violation of the law we're not we're asking them to like tyler and i pointed out on the last episode they're asking them to work an extra day a week it's not a terrible thing it happens in all workplaces so they're trying to downplay it there was actually the other side was uh, two reports were were released from actual employees who said that uh, the the executives actually asked them, "Do you want to delay again, or do you want to do some six a day a week crunch?" Mm -hmm. And they said that it was basically unanimous that everyone was like, "What's crunch look like? It's six days. Like it's an extra day of work that we're getting paid for. Let's get it done." Yep. So, yeah. I mean, you know, some skepticism is definitely warranted. Yep. Yeah, it, it it looks exactly like you called it last week that we're going to find out in like uh, uh, six months or whatever after the game is out and it's a success yeah. and whatnot, like the glad handing of, well, we also get 10% of the company's success and all that stuff that came out in that statement um, mm -hmm. will all of a sudden go under the Microsoft uh, microscope where they possibly are going to come forward with horror stories about how they got shorted cash or yeah. how overtime wasn't paid properly, or they put in exorbitantly more hours than they originally thought. 
time will tell on that one. But the point is, I guess in, I'm I'm in the boat of video game fans right now, and I just want the freaking thing. Yeah, I just want to get lost in that world. I just want to play it, uh, seeing it, and I'm hoping I, like I say, I get my Xbox Series X and get all the goodness of ray tracing. Something else that came out this week was a side by side comparison of NBA. 21 which looks like a dumpster fire of a game to be honest <laughs> but the side-by-side comparison of the ps4 versus the ps5 um came out and yeah the, the lighting and everything are just absolutely stunning it looks like real people yeah playing the game and then you look at the playstation and the lighting element there on so all that stuff is a big video game week i guess yeah yeah, and there's going to be a lot more news coming out. Also, one of the things that I want to do is kind of a retrospective of this generation's video game consoles. So kind of going through our best and worst, what we liked, what we didn't like of PS4 and Xbox One. So that's coming up in the next few weeks as we inch closer to the release of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So and S, there's a series S. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. It's so exciting. Yeah, so small. I guess that's what she said. Yeah, it doesn't do the 4K. <laughs> it's so confusing. The marketplace is going nuts. Yeah, it's cr- <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel sorry for EB Games. Yes, that's yeah. who I tip my hat to and I go, you are going to have the most confusing Microsoft product launch in the history of mankind and you can't even shit talk them because they own you now. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, fuckers. Yeah, yep. Maybe that was the, the strategy on that on that play, right? Exactly. <laughs> Just get in there make sure that they're wearing a Microsoft shirt <laughs> so when they push the Microsoft product. Have you, have you oh, pre-ordered man. yours yet? Or what? Who, me? Phil. I don't, I don't, I'm gone outside. I don't know where to get a pre-order. Fucking question. You don't have to accost me for asking it. No, I'm just, I'm frustrated by it. I'm not frustrated <laughs> by the question. I'm frustrated at Sony. <laughs> I'm frustrated at Microsoft. I just, screw them. Like, honestly, I'm just, you know what? I'm going to walk into Walmart one day and there's going to be a toaster sitting there, an Xbox Series X. I'm just going to go, oh, I'll buy that. I'll walk out like I'm buying an action figure. Like, it's just so ridiculous right now. I love I, I how know. we unpurposely push each other's buttons at this point now. <laughs> we're, we're getting uh, to know each other. So about Joe Rogan. No, but Tyler, have you ordered your console yet? Or are you going to nope. Superstore and racking up those points or what? Uh, I'm going to try Superstore. And I have yeah. someone at my local EB is going to try to get me uh, a PS5. I um, Not my local, at the one in Milton where I work. I made a deal. A dark oh, pact man. was made. Um, hey, you should check out Radio Shack, too. I did. Okay. Because I, I was thinking the source it used to be Radio Shack. I was yeah. thinking those are great avenues sometimes to pick up. And I, I was actually going to suggest Superstore, and then it broke this week that I guess next week they will be doing some kind of pre-order for it. Yeah, it's but 5 a.m. you've got to be resourceful out there. Like, yeah, it's at 5 a.m. Ready. Oh. The, um... I lost it. I had another point to make. We were talking about something. 
I'm also I, honestly with this new payment plan, especially for the thing for the thing, the Xbox. I might mm-hmm. get both. Yeah, and Same. and part of it is that I didn't do the last generation. I just got a PS4 in like the last year. So mm-hmm. I didn't do the last generation of consoles. So like I'm like, there's a bunch of 360 and P and Xbone games I can play. Yeah. It's worth it, man. I'm for 30 bucks a month, the way that this is priced is gonna be $35.99, I guess, or whatever with tax. Yeah. yeah. There there's there's that component to it. But considering the uh, the Game Pass service is like 16 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's included and free hardware. Well, not free, but you know, plan hardware. payment plan hard, hardware, yep. and it's only. I, I'm just wow. I like the fact that it's only mm-hmm. two years. You know, yeah, it's like a cell phone. Yeah. Well, I think it has to be only two years. I think that's actually I like a law, law in Canada. Yeah, oh, that's a law in Canada. It yeah, is that's now. right. Because the cell phone company, cell phone. yeah, yeah, thanks for exploiting phones. that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because here in Canada, for our American listeners, we used to have three-year phone cell phone plans here in Canada. Um, you know, here in Canada, we get hosed to say the least when it comes to data and cell phones and for shitty service. So go figure. So yeah, anyways, that's why we have the two year limit now maximum. And that is why Xbox is going that route. Two years. Two years. Two years. I think they do the same thing in the States. Yeah. Sounds about right. You hoser. You hoser. So yeah. So you know, like Tyler, I probably will also pick up an Xbox. I'm in no rush, to be 100% honest. I'll probably pick it up if Halo ever does get released. Um, you know, I have my PS5 coming November 12th, so I can't fucking wait for that. Um, and I just want well, to gloat. So, there you go. This week, uh, Xbox released their ad online. It's going to be premiering, I think, on the, one of the NFL games this week. Yeah. For the Xbox One X, and it's got a lot of Master Chief in there. Of course. So they're painting that target on the back. Of course, they have to, right? It's yeah. it's their premier title. Like That's what makes the fact that that game is so delayed, so bad optic-wise. You know, from a you know major... what's even bigger for me, though? What? Like, Halo is a nostalgia grab. Yeah. The bigger thing is the Forza series. Forza is huge. Every year. There's Motorsport, there's Horizon, like, and these games are fun to play. I, d- I don't even play racing games on my PS5, yeah. because every time they disappoint. And I loved Gran Turismo on the original PlayStation, but became- Xbox just, Microsoft got driving right. Uh, Gran Turismo turned into too much of a simulator to be fun. It, it just wasn't Yeah, and I think that's why I love like Horizon, the Horizon series, because it's that arcade yeah, uh, uh, it reminds racer. me of uh, cruising USA and cruising world. You know, yeah. So, but just the selection of cars and the graphics and whatnot. Now, the load times are bugging me on the on the Xbox One S that I have. The load times are bugging me, so that is becoming very compelling for this new generation, this SSD. Yeah, and whoever's making. SSDs that are compatible with PlayStation, you're going to be sitting on a mountain of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those one and two terabyte like sticks. Yep. I can't wait. All right, Phil, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us 
where they can subscribe, and what they can send to us. Well, we are on the interwebs at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere you find a Podbean, wherever you find podcasts, you're going to find us, even on Amazon. I think I got something audible on, on us. But that's coming soon to Canada. So if you like what you hear so far, make sure you click, basically that you click the subscribe button and reach out to us. Let us know what's going on because without you as listeners show, we got nothing. So we- we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on social media. Do your thing and uh, be safe. That's right. Thank you, guys, as always. And again, I want to thank Phil and Tyler for filling in for me while I took care of business and business took care of me over the past couple weeks. So thank you guys so much for filling in and doing your thing. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. That's right. It is the uh, it's the It's Gannon podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things, everything in particular. We talk about all things comics, all things toys. All things games, all things books, all things movies, all things everything. And you know what the best part of it all is? I'm hearing it's in canon. That's right. It's in canon. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Goodbye. It's not recording no more. Oh, it's still recording. Oh, okay.